you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you'll find you get what you need. Now, you Rolling Stones fans will recognize that as one of their songs. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about receiving what you want and what you need and what it really means to receive. In the kingdom of God, receiving is very active rather than passive. Let me explain. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. I'm Lee Whitman from Restoring the Foundations, and I welcome you into this Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast. Today's verse is John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. Now there's a big difference between receiving and getting. I'm taking some of this podcast from messages that I heard by two separate people, Joyce Myers and Jack Taylor. And of course, I started by quoting the great philosopher Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. Joyce Meyer told the story of bringing a group of children up on stage to demonstrate a point. She gave each of the children a gift, and each child gladly took what was handed to them without hesitation. Joyce points out that not a single child refused the gift by saying, Oh, I don't deserve this. I've not been good this week. She went on to say that not one of the children looked at her suspiciously, wondering why she was giving them a gift. They just received it with joy. Something's happened in our world over the last 100 years. The men and women from my father's generation, people who were born between 1900 and 1925, are called the greatest generation. The greatest generation is a term used to describe Americans who grew up during the Great Depression and fought in World War II, or those who labored to help win the war. These brave men and women did not look to others or to the government to take care of them. They were responsible for taking care of themselves and their families. They knew what it meant to get things for themselves. Getting is defined as to obtain by struggle and effort. Responsibility and hard work were characterized of these people and this generation. And you don't have to look very far to see the incredible impact these brave and hardworking men and women made in our world. One of the negative byproducts of this hardworking generation is that they also adopted a works mentality theology where you must work for what you receive from God. Now contrast that with the generation of what's happening today. And I'm going to make some generalizations about what's happening today, knowing that generalizations do not accurately characterize everyone. It seems, however, that many in our world today feel like they are entitled to benefits and privileges, many of those benefits they've not earned. Entitlement is the feeling that you have a right to do or to have what you want without having to work for it or deserve it, just because of who you are. Hard work and effort are not part of the vocabulary of this group of people. Now, hang in there with me for a minute. I'm going somewhere with this. So how does entitlement affect our relationship with God? 
For many who are trying to follow Christ through entitlement, the entitlement has told them that there's nothing they have to do in their relationship with Christ. They've adopted a misunderstanding of the grace of God to mean that God does it all and we don't have to do anything, including, for some, not even needing to stop sinning. Two words that define and characterize the gospel of Jesus Christ are the words grace and mercy. Now let's talk about those words for a minute before I return to my topic of receiving. Grace gets defined many different ways. The most common definition is the acronym G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. You've probably heard that before. As I said previously in my podcast, my favorite definition of grace is God doing for man what man cannot do for himself. I love that. I couldn't save myself so I desperately needed God to save me from my sin. The definition that I want to focus on today is that grace is getting what you do not deserve. Let me repeat that. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. I deserve punishment for my sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But instead, I got the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You can find that in Romans 6.23. I don't deserve to be healthy and strong. I don't deserve to live in a free country like the United States, where I can worship God with freedom. I don't deserve any of those things, and many of the blessings that we enjoy. Yet because of the grace of God, I'm getting what I don't deserve. How do we experience the grace of God? Well, we got to receive it. We can't obtain it by our hard work and effort. The only way to experience grace is by receiving it. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name. Salvation was made available to all of mankind, and it still is to this day. Yet the only ones who have entered into a relationship with God are the ones who have received the gift of undeserved grace given through Jesus Christ. Salvation is totally by grace because there is no way that we deserved it. Being saved, however, has a condition to it. A person must receive this gift. They must make the choice to take into one's possession what's been offered. When I left our family business to attend seminary many years ago, I went to work for a church in Dallas, Texas as their youth pastor. For the years prior to going to seminary, I'd been blessed financially through our family business. Now, I wasn't in any way rich, but I was also not without resources to provide for myself and for our family. I, however, only owned one suit. You might remember suits. They were the medieval pieces of clothing designed to torture the wearer. I'm just kidding, of course. This was back in the day when most men wore a suit and tie to church. After several months of being on staff at the church and wearing the same suit to church every Sunday, these two grandmotherly ladies came up to me one day and told me that they would like to take me shopping and buy me a new suit. They were extending grace to me, offering to me something I did not deserve. Yet at that point, I had the choice to make. I had the money to be able to go and buy a suit for myself. But something in me said it was important for them and for me to allow them to do this wonderfully kind act for me. The point is, for me to experience their grace, 
I needed to receive their gift. Their offer alone was really an amazing blessing, but it was an even greater blessing to wear that suit to church every other Sunday and see how blessed they were to see me wearing their gift. I received their gift of grace and it blessed them and it blessed me. So how does this fit into entitlement? If you feel like you're entitled to something, then when you don't receive it, you believe that you have to take it because in, in your mind, it's your right. You are entitled to have it. I heard a troubling sermon recently where the speaker was saying that we have a right to put a demand on God because of the covenant we have with him. He was using the example of physical healing and said that we can demand that God give us healing because the scripture says that by Jesus stripes we are healed. He was saying that since healing is part of the covenant we have with God, then we have a right to demand the healing from God. I was really troubled by the idea that we demand anything from God. I do believe that because of the covenant, we can ask our Heavenly Father for healing, and based on what the Word says, that by Jesus' stripes, we can be healed. Now, if one of my kids came to me and demanded that I give them something based on my relationship with them as their father, I'd be really troubled by their making such a demand. But if they came to me because of our relationship and asked me for something as my child, I would gladly consider their request. Entitlement says that you deserve certain things. The truth is you deserve punishment in hell, but because of grace, you will not get what you deserve. The other word that characterizes our relationship with God is mercy. The simple definition of mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. I am so incredibly thankful that God does not have a limit on the grace and mercy he extends to us, because if he did, I would have used up my allotment. Here's where I've been heading with this podcast. This entitlement mentality has crept into the church. It says that since God is a God of grace and mercy, then there's nothing I have to do in order to be in right relationship with God. To put this mindset in simple words, this mindset would say that because I'm covered by grace and mercy, I can live any way I want and God will have to forgive me. And because of grace and mercy, there's nothing I should have to do in order to experience more of the blessings of God in my life. I already have all that I'm ever going to get and receive from God in, in my life right now. This mindset would say that we don't need ministries like RTF because when Christ went to the cross, he gave us everything we need in order to live the Christian life. It was all done at the cross, so there's nothing more we need to do to experience it. I don't believe this is true. Let me explain how we co-labor with God to bring his blessings into our life. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-8 talks about a process called sanctification. Sanctification means to be set apart. It also describes the process of moving towards holiness or cleansing that affects our behavior. In John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. In it, he's saying, cleanse them in your truth. It's not all done at the cross, but it's a process of being sanctified. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-8 describes sanctification this way. 
And let me read the entire passage. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no one violate the rights and take advantage of his brother or sister in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all things, just as we also told you previously and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but in sanctification. Therefore, the one who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives us his Holy Spirit. This first describes sanctification as a process. God does his part through grace and mercy, but we have to do our part. We have work that we have to do in this sanctifying process. I believe that RTF is a wonderful tool that God is using in the body of Christ to bring about sanctification. Was everything we need to live the Christian life given to us at the cross? Absolutely. But we have to first receive what Jesus did for us on the cross, and second, we must apply it to our lives. We must appropriate his work on the cross to our lives. Appropriate means to receive or to take to oneself. In other words, we have to receive it and make it our own. It takes a conscious choice to appropriate what Jesus did for us on the cross. God's not going to do that for us. He offers it to us through grace and mercy, but each of us has to receive and appropriate what Jesus did for us on the cross to our own lives. As I said earlier, salvation's available to all of mankind. Yet the only ones who benefit from it are those who have received it and appropriated Jesus' death on the cross to their life. Those who just acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross, they're not saved. Only those who receive it and appropriate it to their lives actually enter into a relationship with Christ, with Father God, and with the Holy Spirit. And the sanctification process is not automatic. God offers freedom from the bondages of sin but we have to take hold of what Jesus did for us on the cross and appropriate it or apply it to our lives. That takes effort on our part to allow God to surface the causes of bondage and then take the necessary steps to break that bondage. RTF ministry is all about breaking the bondages in our lives so that we can be more and more sanctified. Some of you have lost hope because you feel like God has not been moving on your behalf. Well, I'm saying today that God is still doing his part. He is still offering us the grace and mercy we need to obtain all that God is offering us. It might be that some of us have been affected by this entitlement mindset that has kept us from receiving and aggressively appropriating God's gift of grace to our lives. Please don't allow this mindset to keep you from all that God has for you. You need to grab a hold of it and for many of you, it will take some ministry from a trained RTF minister to dismantle this mindset so that you can appropriate what God is offering you. Sanctification is available. To get there, you need to allow God to do his part, and you need to aggressively do your part. Father God, please forgive us for any way that we've allowed this or any other mindset to keep us from everything you have to give us. Please reveal to each of us if there's anything that we're believing that is holding us in bondage, even if it's just 
a little thing. Then give us the courage to address that thing and aggressively take hold of all the freedom that Jesus Christ died to give us. Thank you for your incredible grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for spending this time with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week on our Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.